You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. It's RUV English and I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company. I'm in the east of Iceland. Learning today about the settlement of this part of Iceland, which has a history as storied and as rich as any other part of Iceland. I'm with Ranvig and Emmet at the University of Iceland in the east of Iceland. I'm going to hear about research project that's being done to try to flesh out the story of the settlement of East Iceland. Um, Ranvig, where would you want to start with this? My interest has been on researching the millennium of settlement in East Iceland. And I started off by working at Skálanes, where we have a research centre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I wanted to find what plants and animals they were using from even before the settlement, during the settlement, and then all the way up to today mm-hmm. by uh, taking samples from profile in a farm month. That was the uh, project me and Emmett started on some years ago. And Emmett, you bring the biology to this. Yeah, totally. So um, I love DNA. Uh, it's a great molecule. It's my favorite molecule. And <laughs> it turns out that DNA is very stable persists for many, many years, and there's um, evidence that you can get DNA out of soils, even from caves where prehistoric humans were living and things like this. So that was kind of the idea for the project that Ranvig and I are now working on, was to see can we get DNA in a similar manner out of the archaeology locations here in the east of Iceland. And what has the answer been, as far as you can tell? The answer so far is yes. We have been able to find old DNA that would seem to be the right age of uh, the, the, the layers that mm-hmm. we're getting the, the DNA out of in the soil. And uh, we're at the point now where we're starting to look at what that DNA actually is. Okay. What are the other questions that you're looking to answer then as you try to build a picture of the settlement of East Iceland? Uh, for example, what plants we can find before the settlement and after the settlement and what has been utilized in mm. the houses we are working on or excavating and, yeah, plants and animals. Mm. Yeah. And, and when it comes to dates and a sort of timeline here, I was in the settlement exhibition in Reykjavik recently and they were able to, and it, it's all over the posters and it's all over the exhibition boards that you see when you walk in, they can date the settlement of the capital to plus or minus two years. How accurate can you be with the timeline? Well, we have very good dating here because we have the Tefra of uh, 940. We also have 1477. We have 1362. We have 1158 and also 1875. So we have a lot of good dates yes. here. And so those dates are scientifically rigorous then? Yes, yeah. yes. When it comes to the DNA that you look at, forgive my ignorance, but is human DNA part of what you examine? So at, in this project, we're not looking for human DNA because we're worried about contamination from the people working in the archaeology site or ourselves when we're in the lab. It's very, very easy to get your own sequences in what you're looking at and so for now because we're just getting you know our our start we're just getting started on this project we decided not to go for human 
that might be in the future, okay. but it's not going to come out of this project. Yes, I, I guess the reason I ask that is because you're you're ultimately building a picture of the human settlement, aren't you, of East Iceland? And I wonder if human DNA was part of that. But as you say, it's not at the moment, but it might be mm -hmm. in the future. So what kind of picture is being built up then? What do you now know? What are the revelations that you can point to about how the east of Iceland was settled? And, and, and does it differ dramatically from the rest of the country? Well, we have no conclusions to tell you about at this moment, but we have very good comparison, at least, that we have in Fjörður, the excavation site that mm. Ragnar Tröstedóttir is leading the excavation of. Uh, we know that we have a lot of animal bones. We can compare the animal bones to what we will find in the, in the soil itself, the DNA we will find. And we also... Uh, yeah, we can. We have so many possibilities we can work on. Now we just have to decide on which mm. direction we want to go. But yeah, we know that there are probably there will be something that we haven't seen before. We hope yes. so. Mm -hmm. That's our goal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, what is the next step then? Because you talk about the the decisions that you want to make in terms of what you want to find out. What is the the next phase? Would you say? So right now we have. Uh, our first round of actual DNA sequences that we've been able to obtain. That took actually about a year. <laughs> so it's not a quick process, unfortunately. And so we're just starting the, what I would call the analysis phase, where we are now trying to understand what those sequences are. And yes. so a great analogy for this would be, you have a short phrase from a book and you walk into a big library and yeah. you have to figure out what book that phrase comes from. And there's a very unhelpful librarian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yes, the librarian just says, shh, you know. And so we're, we're at that part where we're, we're matching what we have with all the genomes that yeah. are out there, which is quite a big computational task. Yes. Then we get that data, then we have to say, does it make sense? Are we seeing what we ought to see? Are we seeing what we think we should see? Are we seeing things that are not even relevant? And then yeah. go back and maybe tweak things and so on. So it's kind of an iterative process. So, okay. so we're, we're just at that point now. And the two of you together, you bring, as we said, biology and, and you bring archaeology to the picture. Do you learn from each other? Oh, very much. And we also, we should mention, we have a computer scientist working with okay. us too because... This is the triology. <laughs> so there's, there's three. Yes. There's three. Yeah, okay. there's three. Yeah. And Emmett, you're obviously a keen, eagle-eared listener will spot that you don't have an Icelandic accent. You're from Indiana. What brought you to Iceland? How did you get involved with this? It all goes back to our, our third person, our computer scientist, Charlie Peck, who's another professor at the school where I work. He was bringing students to Iceland for summer research projects. When I started working at Earlham, mm -hmm. I heard about this, thought it sounded amazing, went to talk to him and said, is there any way I can get in on this experience? And he said, of course. And that was in 2016. And I came for the first time in 2017. And then I've been here every year except for 2020. Has Emmett made himself at home, would you say here? Yes, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And vice versa, I think. Yeah. Because you've been to Indiana, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are we are making good friendship and bonds. Yeah. 
It's a remarkable project because Iceland has a story and a history which is very ancient, but at the same time, it's a country that is literally being created almost day by day. We see that with every volcanic eruption. Emmett, was that part of the attraction for you, that this was a, a fascinating country, a unique country in many different ways? It had a lot to learn about. Definitely. I, I had been to Iceland many years ago in 2010, just on a quick vacation. Yeah. And it was, I think many people might understand, you know, if you come here for two or three days, you can't help but want to come back Absolutely. and see more. And that was a big motivation was to learn more. And I've really enjoyed reading, um, you know, some of the sagas and other histories of the area, um, natural history, yeah, yeah, things yeah, like that. Yeah. So yeah, there's just so much depth and richness here. There certainly is. And you, like me and like so many others, have been seduced by Iceland <laughs> by the sounds of it. Yeah, definitely. And I hope I can keep coming back yeah. very frequently. Yeah. Would yeah. you welcome that? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to mention that we both play D&D. &D yeah, this and, is true. And read D&D. D&D. Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> ah, right. Okay. And we love Tolkien. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and does the third and silent member of this trio who's not here today, does he also enjoy Dungeons and Dragons and Tolkien? We, we haven't, you know, got, he, he will in the future, I think. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't sound like he has a choice. He ha doesn't have a choice. <laughs> Listen, thank you both very much indeed. It sounds like some really fascinating research is going to be coming out of East Iceland, about East Iceland, before too long. Thank you both very much indeed. It's Roof English. I'm Darren Adam. Get in touch anytime. We are English at R. UV.is. You're listening to the Roof English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is/english.